isn't Fiji the first time zone? Like, like the date, the date line, the date starts when the sun hits Fiji or something, the new day starts. We just made up all this stuff and that's how we live on this planet. Time right. is the human constraint. It's fast. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Thank you very much for listening in to our show, Connected People Change by the Change Tribe. I'm David of the Change Tribe. Got Nikki of the Change Tribe with me. Hello, Nikki. Hi, David. How are you arriving today? Oh, thanks for asking. I'm arriving excited to talk about this topic. It's one of my favorites. It's got a a key word for me in there, resistance. I love that. We're going to dive into what resistance is and how that influences how you operate in the world. And whether you are creating what you would actually like to create for yourself in the world in terms of success, in terms of, any, of anything else. And this is a live show. So once in a while, we might have interactions with the, stu- the audience here live. And if you want to join us live, just go to thechangetribe.org and you'll see information about how to get on our list to join us live. We have a few people here right now already. So let's see. We want to say hello to Daniel and Wendy and Mehayabin. Did I say that right? Farid? Is that, is that right? I don't know. I probably probably destroyed that. But thanks for being here. Nikki, connected people change. That's what we say at the Change Tribe. That's our motto. Can you just tell people what that means? What are we, what are we connecting them to? So connected people change has come from, there's a few different places we believe that this this is important for. We need to be connected to ourselves deeply in order for us to change. And that could mean lots of different things connected to who we are in this experience, our soul, our highest self, and of course, all of our bodies, which is why we use the four levels of learning and processing in all the work that we do. It is connected to the people in our lives because that supports any change or transformation. Now that could be in a work context, For us as individuals, it could be our loved ones, our families, having our support system like coaches and tribes like this one or many others that that we know of and are part of. Um, For organizations, it's being connected to the team you work with. It's being connected to the organization and its missions, its values, its goals, its purpose, its objectives. So this sense of connected people change, we don't change as individuals or as organizations alone. We change when we're connected, when we're supported, when we're loved. So this is where connected people change has come from. And for us, it's, it's that powerful reminder. We are not alone in anything we are do, that we do. We are loved and supported regardless, even through the resistance that might come up. Very nice. A beautiful explanation. Yeah. Now, I would encourage anyone out there who's trying to change and transform alone, stop it. You weren't wired to do it that way. We are, we are meant to be together in this, and we're meant to support each other in this. So that's why connected people change. So get in with us. Uh, come closer. Come closer to the change tribe. We'll change together. We'll transform together for a more loving and beautiful world that we're all trying to create, the new earth where business serves people's happiness and well-being and the planets as well and the animals, and all the beings, the elementals, and other things you can ask me about later in my higher self circle. Okay, great. Wendy, thanks very much. She said, absolutely, 100% results revolve around relationships. That's a nice way to say it. That's a lot of R's in there. Results revolve around relationships. It's a nice little catchy thing. Results revolve Mm -hmm. around relationships. (laughs) 
Good one, Wendy. Thank you. All right. So how is resistance stopping your success? What do we want to, how would we want to describe resistance? What do we mean by resistance, Nikki, when we're offering so, this, this question? For me, sometimes we don't even know we're resisting, right? But, say more, say more about that. Yeah. So resistance comes up in lots of different ways. Some of my tried and true favorites, good old procrastination. Mm, <laughs> Avoid a good it. friend. A good friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great friend. Although I have been debating with myself, and this is a topic for another day, but I'm just going to throw out there this debate. Is it procrastination or is it divine timing? Mm. Or is it both? What? Yeah, say more. Tell us more about it. Yeah, tell us more. Um, tell us more. Resistance. So resistance can show up in lots of different ways, as I say, you know, avoidance being one of them, right? Resistance can show up as that inner critic. I love that judge. She mm -hmm. is like judging all the time. She's judging me. She's judging everyone else. You know, that is a form of resistance popping up and being like, hey, 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 you know, avoidance when we avoid, it could be, you know, I'm a great person to avoid any of our finance tasks, despite being a qualified accountant. You know, that is my resistance to that coming up. It comes up in your work, this avoidance. You know, I've done lots of work with change programs for organizations and avoidance can be, I'm too busy. No, no, no. You're just uncomfortable because maybe right now you don't have the skills for this or you're afraid that, you know, maybe you're not good enough or, you know, these sort of things, you know, so there is lots of different ways that resistance can show up. The confused one. No, I'm confused about what I needed to do. So, no, I didn't do it, right? I can name so many more. Those are some of my favorites. They're some of my go-tos because <laughs> no one gets away from resistance. Right? Yeah. It's perfectly normal. We all, we all have it for different yeah. reasons. If you believe yeah. my husband, I avoid housework like the plague, <laughs> resistance to housework. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So the combination of a whole lot of things here, Wendy suggests, you know, maybe the underpinning might be fear. And that, I definitely heard that in a bunch of what you said, you know, the inner critic, the, the I'm not good enough, you know, those, those fears show up and they, they judge us, they stop us, they slow us down, they hold us back from expressing who we really are and what we really want to do. And that's a form of resistance, but also a lot of people don't know that procrastination has a source in fear too, because, you know, it's easier to just not do something than, you know, do something that you might suck at, or you might realize you fail at, or you might realize it's really hard and, you know, or you might get criticism for, you know, so better, better to not do it. And, but there, it's not only fear. It's also that you, you mentioned some things of mentioned some topic, some tasks you just like kind of hate doing. You know, I, I know that you're good at finance and accounting. You you were, you know, you were trained in that. You worked in that field for a long time, but you still don't like it. So you're not scared of it, you know, but there's something in you that just doesn't like it. So there, there's, this, there's that resistance there. And then there's this, there's this very interesting other resistance you made me think about where this also could be, could be fear, but if it shows up in a particular form. We have a colleague, you know, who is, is well, I'll just talk about myself. You know, we did the, we use the GC index to help figure out what 
our natural energy is for doing our best work and creating the most value. And I'm a 10 out of 10 strategist. But as we found out, there are occasions when I resist my own natural energy, you know, because, because maybe I'm want to do it perfectly and I don't want to just jump in messily or because yeah, I'm, I'm worried about how it's going to happen. You know, so there's a little, there's a fear there that actually makes me resist even my truest, truer self, you know, and I know that we got to this topic because last show we talked about how even things that you love can, you can have resistance to even to work you love because of, for example, fear stopping you from really taking that risk, what feels like a risk, but it's probably not a risk, but it feels like a risk to go do something you really love instead of what, what's, what you, what you've always done in the past, which seems safer. So this resistance is showing up in, in so many ways. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious why it's could be stopping people's success, you know, but let's unpack a little bit about what, okay, what do we do when this resistance shows up? Like we've, we've labeled it as, oh, there is one more form that I'll talk about soon, but we've, we've labeled it as, you know, this, this force resistance that infiltrates in a whole lot of different ways in the work we're trying to do. So what do we do? How do we handle it? How do we help it? And I'll, I'd like to hear from you what your thoughts on it, Nikki, after I mentioned Wendy's comment, which is not reaching out to the right people, something fear of rejection. Yeah. You got to reach out. You got to market your stuff. You got to like tell people, I have this service. Is anyone interested? Are you interested? You know? And of course we resistance to doing that because it feels hard. We don't want to re reject it. You know, and somebody else in the, in the, on the show likes that as well. So yeah. So Nikki, what do we, what do we do? What's, what are your, what are some initial ideas, you know, about how we can treat, you know, handle this when it comes up? I think it's, it's important to recognize that it is going to happen and it's also normal, but starting to tap into what your little resistance mechanisms might be, right? Because, you know, once again, we go back to our brain is very talented at giving us an excellent storyline about why we don't do something or you know, why we shouldn't do something or, you know, oh God, they're going to think I'm a tool or they're going to hate me because whatever, you know, or, you know, like Wendy was saying, they're going to reject me. We don't know they're going to reject us. We don't know they're going to think we're a tool or any of the other things, right? This is our mind giving us this storyline. So it's recognizing that these storylines are playing out and being aware that we're showing up or not showing up as the case is, and this is the resistance. So the first port of call is noticing it, noticing when it happens, noticing your go-tos, right? You know, I think that's really a great point because you mean notice your go-to behaviors that like that you like your go-to procrastination behaviors, for example, right? You know, yeah. I think that's actually a really good place to start because of one thing you said right at the beginning, which I, I didn't pick up on yet, which was that sometimes you don't even know you're in resistance. Right. Sometimes you just like, oh, I need to go do that report. Oh, yeah, but I should send that email to that person. You know what I mean? So you decide you go send the email to that person. You don't realize you just you your brain did a calculation. That report's going to be hard and I'm not sure how to even do it. So I have some uncertainty. I have some anxiety there. But actually, the email is going to be is an easy task. I know what to say already. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to go do that email. That's resistance to the report. You know, so sometimes you don't even know it. So I like this idea of, uh, of start to notice your behaviors when you're working, start to notice 
if you have repeated patterns of when you are, how you're avoiding a task or sort of, yeah, that, you know, that go to social media, right? You just start scrolling social media instead of, for example, doing your work, you know? So exactly. do, you have, do you have some more examples of that or, or like some things you've caught for yourself, you know, that you more like sort of specific, you can help people figure out how to catch themselves because it's a, it's a new yeah. thing. That, yeah. So one of my big ones is, you know, I've over the last few years been doing different courses, right? One of my big ones is I will start judging. Oh, this is stupid. Why are you making me do this? And you start judging the like, you know, because I'm uncomfortable, because I don't want to look at what needs looking at mm. or or I avoid it completely. I just don't do my homework, for instance. Mm. Right? Mm. Like, or, you know, we had one the other day. I was like, uh, judging hard. This person, like, this fear of rejection popped up for me. So I'm going to resist talking to that person. I'm mm. just not going to do it because I already think they're going to say no, even though we had a perfectly lovely conversation lots of laughter, all the things. And I was like, oh God, no, I can't do it. I can't do it because they're just going to think I'm a tool and they're going to say no. Now, I don't know they're going to say no. I'm not in their head or their body or their mind, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, the judgment thing comes up as well because the other thing is when I don't do my homework, guess what? I'm judging myself for not doing my homework. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Wendy likes that one judging judging as a as a, a way like if you notice yourself judging you're in resistance you're in resistance yeah. that's a, that's a really good one i think it's a pretty common one i remember when i was in business school you know and there would be all this homework and all these things to do and all these like you know excel files to work on and everything and i and i and sometimes i would just look at it all and then i would just go take a nap <laughs> you know that was like my that was one of my go-tos and master yeah. of avoidance yeah, that, I was definitely avoiding it. I was I was a master of, of resistance to, to homework at business school, but yeah, great. So, so you're judging. You catch yourself judging. You know that oh, I'm resisting this for some reason. It's actually because I'm uncomfortable. There's actually a some sort of sort of emotional discontent that's creating the resistance. That's giving some storyline in my brain that this is actually stupid. I shouldn't work on this thing. But underneath, it's it, there's an emotional discomfort. That is driving this. So once again, this is probably going to happen a lot on our show. <laughs> once again, we return to the idea that there's an underneath emotional system driving this. It is not conscious. It is your system saying, I'm not okay with this for some reason, emotional discomfort. So resist. And, and so what do you do, for example, when you, uh, you know, uh, notice the, notice that you're in a judgy, oh, shoot, I'm uncomfortable. I'm resisting. How do you help yourself? So I, when I notice my behaviors and I've gotten better because, you know, it takes practice, right? It does take practice. That awareness comes about. Actually, quite often now, I can notice that it's happening and I allow it to happen. I do not try and stop it. I let it all come out. So if I'm upset by a situation or, you know, if I, if I'm judging, then I just double down on my judging and let it all out, right? Get it out. Come on, let's have it all. 
and let it just go. Say all the things that I need to say, whether it's just to like my unicorn here on my desk, right? <laughs> whether it's like, I'm just like talking to this guy and I'm like, oh, this freaking tool, blah, 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 blah. Right? Oh, Grumpy Bear. Where's Grumpy Bear? He's a good, he's probably a good yeah, partner for that kind, of, here. that kind of thing. He's here. Yeah, there. So, you know, I let it happen. I don't try and stop it anymore because it's a piece of me, me that's popping up to be seen. So first the awareness comes and we see it. We allow it to be there. Don't try and stop it because there's no need. It's just a part of myself. Why would I then like snowball my resistance, right? Yeah. Because if I start to stop it, I'm resisting myself then. Yeah, add resistance well. to your resistance. So I notice I'm resisting, I'm resisting something, so I'm going to resist that. Yeah, that doesn't sound like it's going to help. Yeah. I'm going to resist my resistance. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, you know, know that's, that's actually like, I mean, there's a very subtle thing that's happening here is when you fully allow your resistance and you don't have resistance to your own resistance, then the resistance learns there's nothing to push against. There's nothing to fight against. And, and that alone disarms the resistance. It's kind of like doing like Aikido with your resistance, you know? And Wendy's saying, the more we try and stifle something, the more it'll pop up and out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll pop maybe yeah. even in other ways that are even more destructive than just judging for a second. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really important. Let it out because once we've allowed that energy of the initial resistance to move through, maybe we can uncover what the root fear is. So even in organizations, right? So one of the games I play in organizations when we see the resistance to change, because often many organizations have a lot of change initiatives playing out for them, right? All different things across a huge spectrum. And all of it impacts the individuals working within the organization. So one of the games we play is let's go and do a wine and cheese session. Now, in some organizations I've worked with in the past, we would do it every week. Sometimes we'd have to do it every day at certain parts of the program. But the wine and cheese is wine about what you're cheesed off at whilst drinking wine and eating cheese. Right? Okay. Right. Now, if you don't drink wine, that's okay. You can have like a Diet Coke, a sparkling water, a cup of tea, whatever your jam is, right? Bring a drink, get your the cheese show. or your is sponsored by Diet Coke. Okay. <laughs> so whatever it is, like whatever your thing is, but the point is everyone gets it on the table. Yeah, cool. Tell us all about it. We're not yeah. going to stop you. Go nuts. Mm. Tell us all the things that are pissing you off, making you cranky, upsetting you. And pretty much 98% of the time, through the conversation of just sharing, those challenges, it starts to come down and it's not a me or whoever might be facilitating the session. It's not us coming up with solutions. Your solutions pop up naturally. The insights pop up naturally because you've been given the space to let it, you know, grow, do its thing, let it release, let it calm, let it whatever. And I think that that becomes the important piece, allowing it to be there. Don't resist your resistance. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's a great exercise. Wine and cheesed wine with an H. Cheesed. What do you, what do you, let's wine it what you're cheesed off at. 
this reminds me very, very of something I, I talk to uh, leaders that I coach very often about because they, they very often have people who are complaining on their teams, you know, and, and they, they've tried all kinds of things to stop the complaining, right? They've tried to, they tried to, okay, yeah, I'll, I, I'll take care of that, you know, or they've tried to give solutions or they've tried to say like, hey, let's, let's not have that type of, you know, let's not have that type of discussion in, in this meeting. That's for a different meeting. You know, they've tried all kinds of ways to like manage, you know, they've tried to have more one-on-one -on -one meetings with the person. But what they don't realize is that the complaint, which is a form of resistance, comes from an underneath emotional discontent or an emotional discomfort. And just listening to someone complain that doesn't, or saying like, okay, you know, complaint registered, we'll, we'll think about it. That doesn't address the source of the complaint, which is an emotional discomfort. So don't resist the complaint. Don't try to fix the complaint. Instead, try to go find what the, what the feeling is right underneath. Someone complains, you, you might try, for example, oh man, that sounds like you're feeling really frustrated. Sounds really frustrating, or that sounds really, really hard. That sounds really overwhelming. You know, oh, that, that sounds actually like pretty anxiety inducing, you know, and confusing, you know? So you go underneath, try to find the emotional discontent that's actually the source of the complaint. And you will find that when someone's emotions are heard, that's the real content that they're trying to communicate. That's the real part of them that's trying to be seen with the complaint. And they're using, they're complaining about, you know, like how a tech, how some software ne never works properly, that's not the source of the issue for that person. So this is a, it's very similar. Don't resist. Don't add resistance to the complaint, which is already resistance. Don't add resistance to your own resistance. Go underneath. Let it, all, let it come up and then look underneath. What's underneath? What's the emotional discontent underneath? Can you, can you meet that where it is? And then the resistance that's above that starts to fall away. It doesn't have anything to stand on anymore. Yeah. And, and that's, that's that, you know, create the awareness of your behaviors first, then just allow it to be there. And then it will all come up and then you have choices. Do I want to work with this fear? Do I want to befriend this fear, bring it closer? Because this is a piece of me that needs to be seen and wants some additional love. So we start to see then how we can work with that resistance to connect to our fears and befriend it and allow that fear to gently move and give you a little more space so you get a little more courageous each and every moment. And even with organizations, there's lots of fear in these organizations, right? So we know, like, because organizations are filled with individuals, so we know that every time these complaints are coming up and say it is about tech not working, it's a fear maybe that of them losing their job or maybe it's a fear that they're going to look stupid because they don't understand how this tech works or they can't make it work or, you know, any number of these sort of things. Hearing this, you know, and working with them on it actually allows us to alleviate the fear for them and show them compassion and actually help them overcome that. They become courageous to, to do the change or work with the change or whatever, you know. Often the I'm busy, again, avoidance resistance is 
I'm afraid I don't know how to do that. So I'm not going to look like an idiot in front of everyone. I'm just going to stay with my day job mm. because I know how to do that. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Our brains are experts at convincing us to stay in the, in the zones and the places where the brain thinks is safe. Even if those places are not ones that we're happy in, even if those places don't energize us, even if those places don't stretch us and grow us, our brain is a master coming up with reasons why we should stay in those safe, quote unquote, safe places. You know, so this, this is, this can be applied, you know, to any form of the resistance that we talked about, right? If you realize you're avoiding something, procrastinating on something, if you realize you're fighting something, complaining about something, judging something, all these forms of resistance. When you catch that, ask yourself, what's the emotional energy underneath this? Mm-hmm. What is the emotional energy actually underneath this surface level activity? I'm judging. Okay, wait, what am I feeling? What's the feeling underneath the judgment? You know, what's the feeling in the judgment? I'm complaining. I'm procrastinating. Okay, what's the feeling in the procrastination? You will find they're getting much closer to the source then. And then if you, if you work with that in the ways Nikki is sharing, you know, by allowing it, loving it, it's a piece of you that wants to be seen. It's a piece of you that wants to be understood. Let it express itself. Like if it has words to say, if it has feelings to feel through you, if it has images to show you, you know, about why it's, why this part of you is feeling this way, you allow it, you welcome it, you let it, you don't add more resistance. And now all of a sudden the power starts to diminish. It starts to dissolve. It starts to open. It starts to loosen. It starts to get more relaxed and you start to get more of your power back to go work on what you really want to work on. So. I want to drop to the audience now, you know, Wendy, thank you so much for all of your comments. If anyone else who's here wants to ask a question or, uh, you know, wants to raise their hand and jump on stage and share a few thoughts, that's also an option. And Wendy's liking the befriend your fear deal. Uh, So if, I guess maybe I'll just throw this out there, you know, Sometimes it's very often to notice when other people are in resistance before we catch that ourselves are in resistance, you know, because <laughs> it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're from the outside looking in as opposed to being inside our own cloud, you know, it's hard, sometimes harder to catch ourselves. So that might be one way to start is just noticing when it seems like other people are in resistance instead of, instead of hearing their complaint as a complaint, oh, they're resisting something, they're emotionally uncomfortable, you know, instead of seeing their judgment as like, oh, that person's so judgy. Well, don't ju- add judgment to them. They're in resistance. They're emotionally uncomfortable. So quick question, if we're noticing other people being resistant, is there some way we can, we can work with that? You know, how would you recommend working with that? Because it probably doesn't help to be like, you're in resistance right now, you know? So what is, what might actually help? I think how, like getting curious with them, you know, you said it earlier, David, like when someone comes in and, you know, they're judging, let the, firstly, let them judge. Like encourage them to let it out and get curious with them. Really start to ask about what's what's going on for them. What's you know, and it's the gentle, loving questions, as you say. Don't come out with so. This is some great resistance you've got going on here. Tell me what's underneath. Chances are they might be like, hmm, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I just hate so and so because they're such a tool and won't help me with blah 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 blah. Right? Yeah. But, or f you for for saying I'm in resistance. Get out of, you know, this conversation yeah. over. I'll yeah. show you resistance. Yeah. Get curious. Start to explore with them. 
give them the space to allow it to come out a bit like the wine and cheese, right? Let, give them the space to allow it to come out and you'll actually get to the core of what's worrying them. Oh, we've got a comment from Daniel. You've spoken a lot about the barrier posed by fear. My thinking linked to my work is that fear is fear of change. Yes. And if the change you are considering leads to a better future, then a focus on that better future is the most direct way to overcome, to evaporate that fear. If the proposed change doesn't overcome fear, the change itself probably needs amending so it does overcome fear. So the interesting thing for me about that is most, all of us actually, so I've been a change professional for a long time now, both for individuals and for organizations, and we are all afraid of change. My husband will be the first one to tell you, give me a new phone and all hell will break loose. Give me a new laptop and I have to change how I do things and the things aren't like my little icons aren't in the right place. All hell will break loose, right? So we are all afraid of change because we live in a comfort zone. And if we look to how do we communicate the change itself, for organizations specifically, we still will have to speak to the fears. Now, David, you alluded to earlier, we use the GC index. It underpins all our work and it's aligned to business outcomes. David is, David is a strategist implementer. I am a game changer polisher. How do we communicate to those different energies that we all are that will help us understand the what's in it for us and connect for us. Because with any organizational change, there will always be fear because each of us, every single individual, because an organization is a collection of individuals, you know, for me, we will all have different fears. What works for you, Daniel, or for you, David, may not work for me because it touches a different pattern or belief system that I hold that maybe you don't hold because that's not been your experiences, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do like. I completely agree with that, and I like Daniel's point of, you know, for some people, sort of pull, having a a vision of the future that's really compelling, you kind of hold that in the present to help you take action, even if you're even if you're scared. I mean, I, that that can total that can totally help. You know, what's compelling about that vision? It will be different for a lot of people you know, different people, mm -hmm. not everyone. But even if that vision is really compelling, there are going to be things that really test people in the moment now that when they're going to have to do something differently, you know, and is that, is that vision going to be compelling enough to overcome, you know, the things they're most anxious about in the moment? Well, maybe, but it's probably different for each person. But th this is also, but I, but I like this idea because it's definitely a tool you can use, Daniel. You know, thank you for this, this offer of one possible tool to help people overcome resistance. It's definitely a tool that can be used. It reminds me of the work done around the future self. You know, there's, there's several people who work on this. Benjamin Hardy is one of the researchers who did a lot of work in, on future self. And, you know, if you, if you get a compelling vision of who you would love to become, who you'd love to be in the future, and you start, you kind of own those qualities now and start acting like that now, that can help you do new things and take new actions that are going to completely change your situation. Even if, you know, you were maybe a little bit worried or scared to do them before, it can help you overcome fear. So yeah, Daniel, I agree. I think the kind of like what Nikki's saying, also just going directly to the fear is, is can sometimes just be quicker. 
you know, and it just can be a direct route to helping people ease themselves up. Like, oh, you're scared of this? Like, let's get that out. Let's stop letting it live in the dark, you know, because it lives in the dark. It just festers, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm saying like a both and situation here. You know, these are all tools and angles we can take and we need them all because fear is like a yeah. insidious. Well, I mean, insidious is just trying to keep you safe. It's just doing its job. It thinks it's trying to help you, mm-hmm. you know, but fear is like the, you know, the it just gets its fingers and stuff and convinces you to not move, you know, or convinces you to fight, convinces you to resist. Yeah. So Daniel's also sharing uh, all fear can be overcome. It's just finding those tools to use. Building trust would be another, creating a safe environment. And those are that that safe environment and creating that trust is important. And you know, and this is why again, we don't change in isolation as individuals. We change when we're supported, when we have these safe environments, right? When we have those trusted ones around us. And for me, I've seen lots of organizations and lots of people get excited about the future state and what could be, but they have a hard time moving through all of the things that they have to overcome. And if the environment, to Daniel's point, isn't, isn't safe enough, you'll find that they never overcome yeah. those things. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, this is my work. I'm biased here, but as an emotional intelligence specialist, you know, I would say the number one factor for creating that safe environment is what we've been talking about today. Make it safe to have emotions. Make it safe to speak about your emotions because that's what's driving your decisions and behavior and your resistance and your energy for doing something. You know, like why does a future vision help you? It's because it connects you with, a, with a, an emotional state that then that is a positive one that lets you take the action. It's still it's still an emotional energy at the root of our behaviors. So a safe environment means you get to say stuff like "I'm anxious about this," "I'm scared about this," or if someone complains, you get to say stuff like "What are you really feeling here?" You know. So really, yeah. really useful. Hope this helps all of you who listen to this find your resistance because you don't need it. It's just stopping you from being a more expansive, more bigger, more beautiful, or greater version of yourself. You know, and it's, it's not, that doesn't mean it's bad. It's just a signpost for you to notice where you have some, some emotions to look at, where you have some, something in your system that doesn't, that is trying to fight against where you would love to try to go. You know, and the more that you can, you can help yourself heal to just faster you'll move and the, the farther you'll go and the more exciting it will be for you. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing we love to help people do. That's why connected people change. So if you want more of that, these ideas, please check out thechangetribe.org. Thank you so much for all the people listening to this, especially those who joined the live show. I mean, your great contributions from Wendy and Daniel. Thank you for the other people who are here in the live show. We really appreciate it. So if you want to, in the chat here, if you're in the live show, if you want to type your website where the other people listening or who watch on Crowdcast later can find you, if they want to talk to you more, please do that or Type in your LinkedIn profile or something in the chat if you want to, you know, we, as a thank you for joining the live show, feel free to get people to connect with you because connected people change. So I'm going to toss it over to you, Nikki, once again, for the final word of the show before we sign off. So I think my final words are those emotions and this resistance is here for your expansion, for your greatness. And it's what you said earlier, David. I think that's so important. And just know that when this resistance comes up, you are not alone. It is not weird. It is 
you know, we all have it. It doesn't matter who you are. And those fears, whilst they feel real, it is just a piece of you wanting to be seen and heard and acknowledged and just allow that to be. You have greatness in you. We believe in that and we believe in you and you are important to creating a more beautiful, loving world. Thank you. Yes, you are, everyone. Thank you so much. You are too, Nikki. Thank you. Thank you, David. Being so here. Are you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time on the show, Connected People Change. Keep an eye out on our uh, website if you want to join us live. We would love to hear your perspective on these topics. Thank you very much. All the best.